position? Uh, yeah. Um, Can I make it less awkward? I don't know what you're doing. I made noises. The spring. All right. Just... You can't ever get a clean start. What was that? Soda pop. Um, okay. Do you want to talk about this book? Sure. Or would, do you have a burning topic desire? Um, yeah, we can jump right into the book. Okay, so, so... Should we let the audience know what the book is? Yeah, so last time we were discussing what to do, and we thought maybe sometimes we could do more focused um, topics or reviews on things. Mm-hmm. I'm still hoping for a future like unboxing video. I think that would be fun. But we have to unboxing. Be famous. Yeah, it's like where like we could buy something and then open it and test it. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> um, I love those videos on uh, like Amazon. Like what? Like what? what it's mean? just like some like product that you're box? like interested in, oh. and then they like, like yeah, I'm opening this for the first time, huh? And they're, you're yeah. just like you're experiencing doing a play it. by play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's also, um, are we gonna cut out the snack sounds when we edit? Maybe um, <laughs> um, Jacob's having snacks. What did you get? Sandwich. Sandwich. It looks like. Okay. All right. <laughs> product placement um without animal crackers yeah. yeah back to that later not sponsored hashtag not sponsored that's what people say um anyways what were we talking about uh unboxing <laughs> yes there's also mystery boxes mystery unboxing things where you could like go on ebay and buy like a hundred dollars worth of stuff and you don't know what's in it Man, I need to get into selling that. But they also do Amazon versions, like where people return things and they can't resell them. Mm. So they'll just send you all this random stuff that's fine to use, but it's like defective in some way, or it was like, yeah, the, maybe someone opened it but didn't use it. I don't know. That's the future of where we're going if people request it. But anyways, so we talked about. Um, maybe talking about a book and you mentioned that you just read the book Delusions of Gender I don't even remember the full title but um, it's by that's specific enough it's by uh, what's her face what's her um, face yes Cordelia Fine that which right. is a great name oh it's a beautiful Cordelia name Cordelia Fine but it feels a little like southern porn kind of name <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Well, like the the fine makes it sound like a writer's name. Mm, I was thinking porn star for some reason. Mm. Like Cordelia I, feels such like such a southern something for me. Like a yeah. Georgia, like a southern. Anyways, we don't have to go into that. <laughs> um, you said you had read it recently, and Ish, I yeah. and I listened to it, so. That's probably been about a year for me. Why didn't... 
I remember. You made it seem like a more recent thing oh, okay. that we could have a conversation about. I don't know, six months to a year ago, All something right. like that. Okay, let me just read a little bit of the summary. Sure. This is from supersummary.com. Um, so the book is divided into three parts, and let's see. Half Change World, Half Change Minds looks at how we use science to justify sexism. There's neurosexism, which directly challenges studies supporting sex differences. And part three is recycling gender. And she argues that children grow up in gendered societies, and there is currently no such thing as gender-neutral parenting. So she's looking at gender from three scientific angles. She argues that there are no fundamental differences in how male and females think. The male and female brains are not, quote, wired differently, not, uh, at least not in the ways that our society says. And we will never eliminate neurosexism or sexism if we continue to believe in fundamental differences between male and female minds. Do you have any initial reactions? Um, I think the male and female minds working differently. There's like at least sexual differences in how the minds work. Just like right. that seems... Right, so we've talked before about, like, acknowledging that there are differences in biology. Yeah. And that you don't have to create a judgment about whether one is better than the other. Sure. Um, but there's definitely structural differences. Yeah. And chemical differences. Sure. But yeah, like, I guess let's get the body differences or just, mm -hmm. like, that stuff exists and there's different hormones and mm -hmm. um, muscle density and bone structure right things like okay that's real right so presumably those things would be impacting at least like brain function on how like as a yeah. process um, so her argument is um, that we're taught to believe uh, we're a man and a woman, and that's what we believe we are. And society says that women can't drive as well as men, or that women are more emotional. We believe these claims. And because of these beliefs, we take on these traits. So women believe they aren't as technically minded as men, for example, and so they don't expect to perform well on these tasks. So my feeling was that she's saying that we are primed by our environment, and that people can manipulate our perception of ourselves and that influences our reactions and how we perform on exams or um, she also talked about uh, being hired or the workplace kind of dynamics yeah um, which i feel like that aspect is good to point out that we are almost like hyper sensitive to what's influencing us and how we're perceiving ourselves yeah yeah i think we're so easily manipulated and that's probably the terrifying or scary part mm -hmm. of the research mm -hmm. um and i mean i think the the gist of what she's saying is really good that it's like well i think absolutely let's like support 
equality of opportunity between the sexes. Um, so it, it sounds like a lot of stuff goes away when you take out the environment. So I, right. yeah, anyway, yeah, but it then, feels like there's something there. Then the question is, is that even possible? Like, mm -hmm. like, is our awareness of that phenomenon, does that allow us to override it? You know, does that, can we counteract like there's always going to be like a cultural presence so things that you see on television or the internet um, things that you read in books like historical things contemporary things like all that information is going to kind of skew if we're talking about like what women are good at or men are good at there's a lot of opinions right mm -hmm. so does your awareness of that change your behavior I don't know Right. I think that would be interesting. To, so, for example, um, they were doing, in the earlier part of the book, they were doing different experiments where they were intentionally creating a bias for the uh, person in the experiment. And they were either priming them to, like, as a prejudice against women or men or, mm -hmm. or neutral and then at the end some of some of the time they told them what they were doing or maybe every time they they explained that they had created this bias and i wonder if that awareness if there was a way to measure sort of like a longitudinal yeah. study of that yeah right but also like does that sort of undercut people's identity about themselves does that does that devalue people in a way that they don't want to admit? Um, can you elaborate? Um, I don't know. I'm I'm just thinking like maybe people that are doing non-traditional things. So I don't know, women who are engineers or like men who are stay-at-home parents. Mm -hmm. Like as part of that, uh, like they overcame sort of more of an obstacle, and it's like kind of a special thing. Well, I don't know. I don't think it undermines that. They still did it. Sure. I mean, that like there's at least that societal manipulation mm -hmm. or just the way the world is that it exists that it's rare for men to be in certain things and women to be in certain things. So there was some you know bias against going they were going against the grain in some way. Do you remember the part where she's talking about like um, women in the workplace, especially like the kind of STEM um, roles mm -hmm. and how women were subconsciously like defeminizing themselves and taking on more masculine traits so that they could sort of survive in that environment? Um, I don't remember if it was from the book, but yeah, I've, I, I mean, I think I've heard that just anecdotally talking to women who work in tech. Right. And what, what I thought was interesting was they took it a step further and were then undermining women, other women in the, I guess their mm. cohorts or in their 
a company that were more feminine or were trying to like do things where they would have like social events for women only after work or something or there was just some kind of feminine quality that someone would have uh, they would actually like kind of cut them down for that um which is so interesting it's like one thing to kind of play the game and have a strategy in a way but then to kind of undermine the people that are in your minority group mm-hmm. seems so odd when that happens right you know yeah are you just trying to stand out as the best among i don't know you want to be the number one that part's confusing for me yeah i mean that just that rings of like women the stereotype of women having more drama around each other and they're all like just trying mm-hmm. to undercut each other like that's that women mm-hmm. want to make each other look bad in front of men right or, yeah right so i think her argument is that it's i guess she's sort of talking about it from this perspective that that phenomenon is happening because we've got these socially constructed Mm -hmm. obstacles and then women are trying to like adapt i don't know yeah um what i was thinking of is how do we go like how did we get to the societal constructs that we have and like Mm. there's there are the biological differences like how did we get to this social difference um like did the biological differences cause the social differences or well what 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 was it i don't know because also different communities throughout the world evolved in different ways Mm -hmm. like there's definitely points in history where there's more matriarchal societies or different ways that women and men have different roles in a community so it can't so that would be the same biology right at different points in time in different points in the world so and i guess is your question also like who is making how is that being decided um like i guess i i feel like it's more it happened just over so much time and it happened in some way organically like it just it evolved um and i don't know what the what the what was the process behind it or is there they're just like a straight up logical connection that it's like oh yeah well you know sperm is cheap and so men think about things this way and then it naturally leads to them liking cars and taking risks Mm. but her argument would be that there shouldn't be a biological driving factor to determine any of that but it also see i don't know but it's like the world is the way it is so we got here somehow yes and i don't know if you can say like 
I, I wonder if she's only having part of the conversation. Like, if you have to talk about the biology. Yeah. In order to understand, like, these constructs, the social part. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I would like to see someone delve into that. Um, and, and, like, I don't know what it is. If the, it's the, I guess people will mention the patriarchy is like, the fundamental aspect of that kind of this just men have physical strength over women and so that that ultimately could like settle arguments i think that's a factor um like there's so just always that threat of if you can't resolve things by talking about them then it gets into like a physical confrontation and then that's like not a fair fight sure i think that's a good point um and that might have been more true the further back in history you went yeah it seems like we're building a society that is aware of that and trying to protect women against violence mm-hmm And still not doing a very good job. Well, yeah, it's still happening. Even with sort of the consciousness of everything. Sure. And even in this modern environment where we're not really threatened, like, uh, at least in the West, right? Like, we, it's a pretty safe, like, situation um, and resources and things. And still, there's still violence. Do you think men are less violent with each other? Men are less violent? No. I th they're more violent with each other. There's like... It's like... I think... Most... People... And most men would say... Oh yeah, it's like... Fucked up to hit a woman. <laughs> mm. That's really... But yeah, so like... Most men would want to have like a protector kind of a role towards women whereas like if guys don't get along it's like yeah let's fight I mean that's not sure I, I don't feel like that's how the upper class <laughs> or middle class deal with their their issues but if you're mm. I don't know I would say more like maybe it's like a class thing younger yeah younger yeah if like kids fight and kids high are pretty, school kids are pretty physical yeah little kids even yeah and uh, all the way into college i would argue yeah like middle school up to like early to, 20s sure um Yeah, I also heard recently that 40%, okay, now I'm doubting what I remember. <laughs> I think 40% of murders go unsolved in the U.S. Well, okay. it's yeah. on the internet, so yeah. there you go. At the New York Post, great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... so I when I heard that that seemed like a pretty high number yeah um I don't know what I was thinking but I'd never really 
thought about it. Um, but essentially, like, killing someone is still, like, that's a pretty good, like, you might, you'll probably get away with it. Like, that's kind of a way to resolve something. Well, you won't. Like a you probably won't get away with it. I mean, okay. I but I, yes. You have you. a very good chance of thank getting you. away with it. Yeah. Especially if you're, like, maybe planning or if yeah. you're being thoughtful. Um, I just think that's pretty... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just thinking about violence. But... Um, What do you think about this whole raising your child, like, gender neutral? Um, and what that even means? Like, how what? How do you even do that? So, I mean, I think I'm going to... Like, it was unclear what she was saying about, like, how, to what extent she's saying there's no sex differences and I think I've been clear on where I'm at um, so I mean I think it's like equality of opportunities good mm-hmm. and yes like go with um, raise your kids so that they like can follow their interests and that seems fine I don't, I don't think you try and steer them either way I don't know what like was there something specific she said about how to raise your kids gender neutral and like where people misstep um um I don't think it's not really saying here in this summary um but I think what people are arguing with her about is that she's not acknowledging the biology and um, like she is saying that men and women are have the same neurological wiring um, that that it's it's kind of this like a neutral mm-hmm. brain I guess it's a it, um, I mean, I yeah, I'd be interested to hear more about that. Um, I think I'm trying to think like what it would even look like to do that to yeah. be gender neutral. So, like, I think I mentioned last time that Ben Shapiro was ranting about Kate Hudson's uh, third child, who's like a I think she's two or the child is two um, about he was sort of mocking her about being raising the child gender in this gender neutral environment because she's saying like she doesn't know what it wants to be or what it's going to decide you know I guess making an open being open to like sexual orientation or gender orientation or whatever preferences I, I to me it always feels like the best strategy in general is like a variety of experience and exposure like having access to different types of toys having access to different types of experiences like 
playing different things or learning different things or having different people teach you different things. Like, I think the variety is what will give you, like, um, that enough information to kind of make better decisions and to use different parts of yourself, you know? Yeah. So, in other words, like, I don't see an advantage to creating, like, an isolated bubble experience for a kid and letting them kind of free range or be, or being really unbiased as the parent or gender neutral, whatever, um, and limiting exposure in order to try to create, like, well, yeah, limiting exposure sounds like the opposite of what you want to do. Right. So I would think if I were trying to, like, do gender-neutral parenting and I were really adamant about it, it seems like you would want to, like, limit this exposure to other people's influence or outside influence, right? But I don't know how you would do that. Um, like getting rid of the manipulation. Yes. And so, like, so that, like not watching television, maybe yeah. could be a thing, or I don't know, like right. having some sort of restriction about the type of toys and the colors of everything, and well, all yeah, of that. maybe. I mean, yeah, I think that's something reason like is the don't watch TV thing is good. Um, I think like it's... you probably want to expose people to the um, experience. It's like, I want to expose my kid to playing chess or learning a musical instrument, go get them a lesson mm -hmm. and those things. And then it's like, Oh, I like it or I don't. And it's also like what, what I think is more important is what about giving someone the tools to navigate that process? Mm -hmm. It's like, how do you know what you even like? How about helping somebody like with emotional intelligence and yeah. conflict resolution and stuff like that, which would help somebody be independent and navigate their experiences when mm -hmm. they're away from you? Sure. And how do you help someone navigate that everyone's trying to manipulate them right i'm i don't know what what age you would kind of bring that up but i think i think there's opportunities to point it out especially if you're once you would expose them to like television or something on the computer or and you would see things right you would see people acting certain ways in public or i don't know on a playground or something right and I think that what's it would just seems better to focus energy on the actual tool part. Like, how do you deal with your internal sure. self, I guess? I mean, that's... But, we should help adults do that, too. Right. Well, because yeah. it's obviously not happening. Like, most people I've ever encountered seem to have some kind of deficit in that, or they had to teach themselves sure or some right like something along those lines I also wonder if the danger of not acknowledging biology is um, 
like from the book is that it it doesn't allow us to try to understand like what's really happening with people who are transgender or who have like mental health different things like that like those people someone that might already have a different perception um and how they might be more easily influenced or even less influenced maybe in some cases um and another thought is like if we are being constantly like um sort of subconsciously skewed where like we're definitely giving a clear message that being a man is more beneficial like than a woman and I wonder and I'm just like thinking out loud I wonder if there are some people or if if there's a part of transgendered or people that are gender fluid could they be exploring the idea of trying to um, sort of set themselves up to have a different experience you know it could it's I could see like the brain maybe thinking like if I take on different traits it may set me on a better path sure and I think if you don't talk about the biology then you're not kind of allowing yourself to understand if there's some kind of gray area with some of this yeah um yeah I yeah, I think there's something dangerous about not just like not even talking about and the why, biological differences. And why? Uh, and what? Like, yeah. why not just say it? Yeah, right. I like it's weird that. Um, I don't know. Like Joe Rogan will mention it all the time. Sure. But I feel like he leans kind of right, and it's like, well, you've only got. The only people that are talking about it are like evolutionary biologists and then people on the right. It's like, why is it frowned upon to just say, yeah, there's, there are sex differences. And like, and some of them are quite obvious. Like, and we don't have trouble doing, using categories like that with any other like plant species or animals, right? Yeah. We don't have we're not upset when we talk about male and female dogs or right right well yeah like let's look at the brain differences in male dogs and female dogs and or if any i mean anything whether it's unisex or asexual or whatever whatever is happening whatever the context is right there's i don't yeah it's like it it matters in everything that's not human talking about the sex is just like so common or is it it's at least like not it's not charged at all like nobody's upset about it yeah and you would it feels silly to say to not say that there are not male and female dogs right it's like that's just it's like what right i mean that there are (laughs) right yeah um that's hard for me to understand and i and i can i can understand 
like the desire or the choice or the wiring for being gender fluid. And I do like the idea of creating that level of openness where maybe you don't have to identify so much with that component. But I do feel like we should be able to speak about the narrative like I was born with a female body I'm female bodied, I'm male bodied, I'm gender fluid, but I'm... Well, yeah, I think that was something I saw. I just like felt really ignorant about um, just trans issues. Mm -hmm. Maybe, I don't know, a year-ish ago. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, huh, well, let me do some Googling. And then it took me to like a site about, it was just like an education site on like, what's it like to be trans or and the first thing that like stuck out to me is oh okay there's like there's gender and then there's sex and then like ever since I was a kid I was like oh those are the same thing and then this was like no sex is what you're born and that doesn't change and then gender is like how you identify I was like oh okay what if we just told everyone that like why does that th- have to go I feel like people jump ahead a step and assume everyone's as educated well, as they are and like I also feel like there might not even be um, people who are advocating for trans people that understand that they're just like oh yeah I want to look after them right I mean if we go back to the book, so if we're acknowledging that we are, are blatantly and have been discriminating against men and women and the roles they play in every aspect of that experience, then I think it makes sense why we're getting hung up and having this value system about this topic. Like, it seems like if we were truly not prejudiced against men and women and the roles that they play, whatever capabilities, then I just don't think this whole gender identity thing would be as big of a deal. In other words, (laughs) like if men are experiencing advantage and they Mm -hmm. feel threatened that that might go away if we do like a shift in this terminology or whatever Mm -hmm. structure maybe they wouldn't be up for that okay (laughs) I don't know I'm just I'm I'm just like I mean thinking out loud yeah I mean I think that's kind of the um what a lot of people would say about like white working class America yeah that it's like oh well they felt they were at one point like felt like they were like being working in manufacturing was like a great middle class job mm-hmm. at one point and now it's not mm-hmm. um, and they want to get back to where that position was right um and so like because that's not it's 
it's like they just want this thing that they had and lost and then people want to label them as racist because they want to get back to something that they lost and I think that's Mm. I get what they're saying but it's a there's still a step there Mm. yeah I I mean I think that what we're talking about could definitely be um, applied to racial yeah um, the same like racial differences or you could kind of zoom in or zoom out as much as you would want right it's the same kind of phenomenon Mm -hmm. yeah I mean I think people want to want things to be better for themselves and that's okay Um, and and so it's just tell tell the other side that's not familiar with your point of view how you feel and have a conversation I think that's really hard for like everybody yeah (laughs) well well that's back to what I was saying about the tools yeah I I think a lot of people struggle with... Right. We're getting tied down to, like, all this us versus them. But let's talk about the tools, so... Yeah. All right. Well, how about we we talk about more tools? Okay. Um, I think emotional intelligence is really undervalued. Yeah. But critical. Um, There's, like, a... I've read some book i think it was called emotional intelligence 2.0 um and it kind of supported what i've heard a few other times about emotional well emotional intelligence is a skill and it's not innate so you can get better at it yes and also yes like intelligence is important but only up to a certain point and then after that emotional intelligence matters and like after that point emotional intelligence is what determines your like career earnings and things like that Mm. um so yeah let's let's make people more emotionally intelligent and it's like one of those things that it just feels like it, it is win-win like everybody can win from doing it right but not the people not to be conspiracy theory but uh, not the people who have the power right now sure yeah so not the marketers or even like these industry lobbyists sure whoever like the sugar people and the whoever people the mm-hmm. corn syrup the corn the tobacco alcohol yeah like those people are really making money off of the perception that we're sick and making us sick and then selling you things to make you better and that whole nightmare right so i think that is another just major issue and i again the question is like does your awareness of that allow you to combat it in a meaningful way like can you override it and I think the answer is yes but it just takes a lot of discipline on your part so you have to in those cases you have to eliminate all all substance abuse has to be gone you have to just like balance everything and Mm -hmm. everything is 
really tempting. Sure. Because it's set up not to be that way. It's just hard. It's against the grain for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, the answer to me always comes back to like awareness and I, like I swear meditation is such a like powerful thing to like help yeah all of this like which is true because yeah. you can't you can't use a tool if you're if you don't have if you're not present and mindful is yeah. that part of what you're saying um i mean just like all the different i i feel like it just trains that and it's hard to say that meditation just helps with one thing but it's mm -hmm. yeah it's all about raising your awareness it's all about like accepting your feeling it's not it's about not resisting them and that then I think the language is hard to talk about with it that it's it's kind of having this openness to this experience but also like not um not obsessing about it mm -hmm. i think the emphasis on non not judging yeah and not value assessing everything is re a really hard concept that's sure. so ingrained well right it's like oh i just thought about this that's good or bad yes yeah and I think it's just very, there are very few things that you need to really do that with yeah. in a day-to-day, -day, like in your mind basis. Yeah. And, and so like, um, I feel like I've given this piece of advice a couple times recently of, it's like, it's okay. Someone was having an issue with something and they were like, ah, oh, this is freaking me out or something. That's like, your feelings are valid mm. it's okay um and like i think a lot of us just didn't have that upbringing and mm -hmm. like didn't have parents to validate our feelings basically it's like oh yeah yeah you're mad that's okay like <laughs> yes you're mad like you need to deal with being mad sure. but it is okay that you feel that way right and i think we're taught it's not okay because we're like impacting the other person and mm -hmm. they want you to stop you know right with that like the burden of the environment because they don't have the tools to like feel it and right so it's it's like definitely a self perpetuating cycle yep I do also feel like meditation is just um, can be so relaxing and like re like well, relieving yeah. I mean like most of the time I think most people are uncomfortable when they're by themselves and that's why or, and they're definitely uncomfortable around a stranger and so that's why if you're on an elevator both people like pull out their cell phones and like don't acknowledge the other person that feels uncomfortable 
do you think do you think that see sometimes I feel like people feel like they have to acknowledge you in the elevator and why can't we both just like ride the elevator in peace yeah I think people have a hard time with silence and there's this whole okay this is a whole other thing but like the social expectations of greeting people and interacting in public Mm -hmm. seem odd to me um but this whole thing about like if you don't smile the right way or say the right thing or ask the right question, then people can feel really offended. Mm. Um, well, give me a scenario. Well, I don't know. Like if you're if you're at work and it's a big facility and you're walking around mm. and like, do you have to say hi? How are you to every single person? No. Because if you don't, it's noticed, and your energy level well, it depends is assessed on, on how. It totally depends on the relationship. Like when you're walking on the street in Seattle, you don't say hi to everyone. Right, but I just, I just give you, you a context. You, you did, but you said, <laughs> okay, I'm just, I need to go like on the spectrum because okay. I, I still don't feel like I get it in this scenario. Um, so there's that, and then there's like the people you you work with or like work in the same building with but it's like you probably don't see every day right so more of an acquaintance yeah um and maybe you'll like never and you'll probably never work with them like there's that type is that the type of thing where that you're talking about here um yeah so i think yeah, so the spectrum of, like, a stranger on the street to, like, someone you see regularly, but it's yeah. it's a more of a shallow interaction. Sure. Um, or even just people that you don't see that often, but, like, politeness. Yeah. Right? Um, I think, for me, I understand that there's a signaling that's happening when you come close to someone you can smile or you can be you can give a friendly gesture to show that you're not threatening right that's really what's happening right like if you boil it down so i understand that situation but i i also think there i've i've also just observed that like if you establish that you're a high energy friendly person and then you deviate from that then people get upset Mm. I've noticed that if you're like lower energy and less expressive, people are pretty judgmental of that. Okay. You know, like there's just some, there's something people, that's just a weird phenomenon for me. I've never quite understood why it's not good enough to just either smile or do whatever you want. And even if you do nothing, like I'm not mad at you. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm, I just try to give people the benefit of the doubt, especially like walking on the sidewalk. That just seems like way too stressful to care about. I, I don't know how. I it's not that I care, but I well, just no. I, I, I mean, give feedback. I'm I, saying for other people to care about. Oh sure. If you're if no, you're worried about being judged. But what I'm connecting it to that feeling of like being uncomfortable being alone. Okay. And I think that sometimes people are even on that level 
they want that kind of like reassurance or I don't know dopamine hit or whatever happens sure um, with that even that small exchange yeah I don't I'm just yeah what I'm just saying <laughs> I'm not judging what you're saying I okay I'm just I'm one of those low energy people same okay but what I was thinking of something else but now I forgot did you have anything else to say about like emotional intelligence or another tool um I guess I'd have to do some more research on it um yeah I mean I like I just like the idea of that and then it's like we need school for adults well we also like, like real world skills and why is it that like just psychological skills are because I think ultimately we didn't really build society to be to think it's not about like to think for yourself right like it was kind of production based sure for a long time yes is what i is what i'm understanding yeah and now we're kind of not at that so now we have this luxury of like being able to be intellectual or to have like leisure time or whatever mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i don't think we know how to handle it right like, right we right well yeah that's um you kind of have to create your own purpose and that's stressful like i i think that ties into like how religious we are and how that's like in decline yeah and that it's like oh well i get my purpose from my religion phew like i don't have to worry about that but uh, even the gender roles like if you strip those away mm -hmm. then there's that's another thing that's yeah. not a compass that can sort of guide you and it has like right. some it's, inherent boundaries yeah when you start taking away all these things that you identify with and what it's, are you and right and so what it seems like what people are doing is they're creating identities and and congregating in groups around like i don't know what the word is but like unhealthy kind of things um okay what are the unhealthy so things? maybe like um maybe like the flat earth group you know mm -hmm. where would those people have been dispensed before you know what other groups would they have been able to integrate into that would help maybe have helped counterbalance whatever uh, is creating that creating their perception of the earth being flat so I, I'm wondering if people are grouping up with like unhealthy or uh, I don't know sort of dysfunctional reasons yeah I I get that um, I keep jumping to like echo chambers right right um, I'm trying to think of I don't know even just like um, white supremacy mm -hmm. neo-nazi right um, anything like that these sort of fringe groups that 
I, I don't know. I, I feel like other there were other societal sort of structures in place that kind of kept people in bounds in a way. And now it's not that way anymore. Yeah. Is this like a, is that like a side effect of that? Yeah. I, I don't think we know what to do. And ha- we're having this loneliness epidemic. Right. So we're obviously not connecting on but our own. Yeah. Well, it's like we're connecting over... I don't know. It feels like we're connecting over the things we hate instead of the things we enjoy. Right. And the Trump, like Trump sort of brought that out. Yeah. So and so, yeah, like liberals are bonding yes. over how much they hate Trump. Yes. And or people on the right are bonding over whatever immigration or sure. whatever. Or how, how upset, how anti Trump everyone is. Or Hillary yeah. or yeah, just anyone sure. that people really hated. Right. Yeah, and it also feels, I think part of what I'm trying to say is it feels like counterproductive reasons that the groups are functioning. Yeah. Because, I mean, churches have also historically have been fairly helpful yeah. in communities. I mean, and I'm definitely aware of the dysfunction sure. of the church and the abuse and the, what can happen. But Well, yeah, I mean, it's like you can't deny some of the benefits of like just psychological well-being generally or at least historically anyway I, i'm pretty sure that it's like religious people or people who go to church regularly like are psychologically more well off yes than like think, yes, their atheist right. counterparts there are studies about that yeah mm-hmm. and also i think there's something about the concept and the process of like getting together once a week with like one or 200 people and kind of hanging out and doing something and trying to providing a service to your community and getting to know each other. I don't think we don't do that outside of church in the same way. Sure. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think it's just so open ended with what there is that's out there. Um, that it's kind of the paradox of choice of there's too many things it's like oh there there are no restrictions i have to like choose for myself and that's really overwhelming and we like how do you know like we obviously want to be in groups Mm -hmm. as like a species right yeah so you strip away these identities and these group things like even as like gender or um, like what we've been talking about so you take away those things and then all of a sudden you still want to be a part of a group you're not in a group anymore you want to how do you decide who do you go to there there was a um, podcast on um, tribalism it was a blogging heads Mm -hmm. one Um, and I don't know. I want, I want to watch it again because it was just like they went into depth on, on everything on it. And I wish I, I'm just wasting time talking about because I don't. Remember. 
remember um, everything we're in or... I think everything we're doing is, what? is wasting time. time but is nothing a, matters. Time so is an illusion. Nothing matters. <laughs> we're just recording the nothing mattersness. Yes. All right. Um, were you going to say anything else? Or... No, I, I like basically blanked. So. Okay. I was like, I'm, waste- I'm just wasting our time even bringing this up. Are you glad we recorded up. that? Huh? We recorded your glitch? Yeah, that's fine. Um, I'm human. <laughs> um, what else do you want to talk about? Or how, how long have we been going? Um, did you... Okay. Did you... Do you feel like we're done talking about the book? Um, is there anything else about the book you want to talk about? Um, I thought it was, let's see. I thought it was interesting. Um, like to think about how maybe our childhoods were, like how we were affected by this environmental bias. Like, do you have any, Jeez. and it can be general, yeah. like, do you have any memory of like awareness about gender roles or how you felt sort of pressured or primed in some way or, and I know you have experience being in math. Yep. And so you probably were witnessing some experiences that women were having. Um, I mean, yeah, there's like some point, some critical mass in, classes or something where it's like once it's less than 25 percent women then it's just like there's something off about the dynamic and it's just like not like as what? like in the classroom uh, yeah there's like something i don't know if it's like sterile is the right word but it just doesn't it doesn't feel like you're part of a Does it society feel like some, like anymore something is wrong yeah it's like interesting um, I don't know. I, I I can't put my finger at, on yeah. it. That just kind of came to me. That's interesting. Um, from when I was a kid, I I remember at one point I was I was like maybe six or seven or eight, and then my mom was just showing me how to do things, like laundry or like folding clothes or ironing or something and I was like frustrated because I didn't want to do it and I was like mom you keep giving me like girl tasks to do Mm. and then she like went off on me and was like oh that that was so sexist of you and like I'm looking back I was like oh well I I was a kid so (laughs) <laughs> you were... <laughs> I was like, I, that was probably unfair. Like somebody mom. taught you that. Somebody yeah. told you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I learned it from someone already at that point. Yeah. I um, think. I think we learned that very, very early on. I think we pick up on it. And I just think it's interesting how there seems to be kind of a universal experience where 
little kids like elementary school age and younger are seem really okay playing with really mixed groups mm-hmm. right and then like at the end of elementary school yeah. into middle school there's a total shift in that dynamic right and it doesn't matter like what school you go to what part of the country you're in socioeconomic well yeah that it's, it's like, like why adolescent at the very i don't know if this is the reason but it's just like adolescent years our bodies start changing sure. and then it's like well who do i identify oh okay our bodies are changing the same way those other people i'm like whoa i'm suddenly uh attracted to this other group and how do I, like that makes think, me uncomfortable yeah. and i don't know how to like uh, no one taught me the socials how do i interact mm-hmm. with this person with a person that i'm attracted to and so do you think that's always been happening like throughout human history? Because I think historically that would have been the time where you start separating and doing tasks right mm-hmm. differently. Yeah. Are you talking like hunter-gatherer sure, times sure. or something? Yeah. Sure. And then Just you le- learning. Get, learn to go off to do war training or whatever. whatever. Yeah. So as you became bigger and stronger and sure. more able-bodied, then yep. you were given stuff to do. Right. Um, and I guess, I mean, that I think it, it definitely would still be there even if you had everybody doing the same task, right? Even if you didn't do some sort of gender split. Mm-hmm. I think it would sort of naturally be happening, but I do feel like we're making it worse somehow. Like we're, I don't feel like we're handling it well culturally yeah do you i feel like school is just not happening what are we doing with school uh it's weird all of school or that time starting at middle school i think middle school is like what are we there i feel like there has to be a better way to structure childhood it's like i think it's weird kind of too capitalistic right now and it's like where's the money in yes. solving the middle school problem sure we're and i think we're expecting kids to be adults are you like that's all you're doing is prepping for adulthood yeah we're trying to like prime people for that i guess i'm just I like mean, how just, competitive and yeah i don't know what's going on is that just like manipulation to get people to go to college which spends more money on universities is it just like some other marketing thing that we've is what like this emphasis on going to school and like oh yeah the way we're structuring school we're we're sort of we're sort of prepping people to go to school yeah (laughs) like totally and that like then you get out and you realize like how little of it's valuable and then like you see stuff i just mentioned this the other day it's like that there's there's like boot camps now that are out there and certificates and you can learn stuff it's like oh yeah you can actually learn this in like three months if you just dedicate yourself to it right uh, so 
and okay you don't have like quite the academic rigor around it but you know enough to be dangerous and then you could apply it at least right right um so it yeah i come back to it's like it's all those other skills that are like really important and then learning something technical is hard but like how often is it that like you learn something super in the like that you spend years on some topic that's really valuable um and it stays valuable i don't know medicine how much of that realistically like like sur- which which fields i'm thinking surgery yeah um I feel like some of them it's I mean I'm not a doctor I didn't go through medical school um, but I, I would think it's similar to other fields like where you there's a few things that are really in the weeds that you need to know and you have to know those and then it's a lot it's a job and there's a lot of work and there's a lot of stuff that they don't teach you in school in it. It's like if, if it's being a doctor, it's like, oh, yeah, you got to learn how to, like, talk to insurance. And oh, and it's like such a money big. It's like, a money yeah, you got to figure thing. out the business side of it, things. It's yeah. The yeah. one thing about a surgeon is like you have a lot of power and you make a lot of money. So there there's like a lot of payoff with that. Sure. And I do feel like that skill is valuable through the rest of your career like say you're a surgeon and then your hands get unsteady or whatever yeah or you that like you're saying it's still valuable then i feel like i feel like you can teach other people or something right so i i guess i feel like your experience and and it all is compounding and you get better as you go and you can teach yeah you can mentor and it, it feels like a really productive thing to do sure it's like directly helpful yeah you're doing a lot of it's repetitive i my understanding sure. right you're specializing in something so i don't know it seems like a good investment if you're willing to do yeah that. i mean i think that's kind of how things go in your in careers is you do something for a while you make it your craft you get good at it then you're like i'm kind of bored with this but you can transition into like teaching other people how to do it yeah and then you know there's that kind of thing everywhere where it's like oh yeah well now you manage people and so and consulting and Mm mm-hmm uh, helping fix or when they're like really hard anomaly kind of problems right I don't remember what you were originally talking about before <laughs> I don't either okay well, I think we're over an hour should we call are it? You, are you itching to? I, I'm. Stop? I don't know. I just feel like we kind of. 
have hit a stopping point. Okay. Well, we have we to covered now our topic. because you've already said it. Okay. You already I'm... called the play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what are we going to talk about next time? I will figure out something. Random? Do you, are we going to be random again? A random topic? What about guests? Are you able to get anybody to come? Um, Most people I know th- don't want to. I'll have to ask. I don't know anyone local that would do it. I might have family members that would be interested, but we'd have to do a call or something. But I haven't asked them, so... Do you think that we should, like, contact actual people that we don't know? I don't know. Comment below. Comment below. (laughs) 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 Yeah, this is a blooper. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We'll figure it out. Until next time. That's we've got to we've got to get an outro. It's just too awkward. It'll get edited. Should we should we just maintain the awkwardness? That's that's kind of what our our show is. Yeah. When we take the headphones off, we're serious. (laughs) 